Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of August 31st. Hard to believe summer is ending as we turn the page to September tomorrow. The year is flying by. It's absolutely insane. But as always, we're joined by the editorial staff of Kevin Kovac, Robert Holman, and Kyle McFadden. And Kovac, what a weekend we had this past week. But let's kick off with Earl Pearson Jr., Ending a 114 race winless streak. How wild is that stat? A and B. How big of a win was that for EPJ picking up another fifty thousand dollar payday? Oh yeah, it's uh, he needed that one. It's been more than two years since he uh, his last win. That was at Florence back in 2020, July of 2020. So uh, when you when you look at Pearson too, uh, you last year you. It was just at this moment. It was like after the Port Royal race, uh, the Rumble by the River, last uh, August that he made the phone call to Jason Papich from California, uh, the racer from California, uh, and, and they made the final determination that they were going to hook up. Uh, and then one week later, uh, uh, Pearson had his last ride in the Black Diamond house car, and, and then he started running two weeks at like Knoxville last year, started running with Papich, and, and he came right out of the box with top five finishes, Knoxville, uh, I believe the week after at Brownstown, Jackson 100, and you were like, man, there's a, there's a little life back in in Pearson. It's 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 just a matter of time before he gets his first win with Papage, and here we are, almost uh, a year later since his first run. I mean, 11 months after his first run with Papage team, and he finally gets it. I mean, a 50,000 makes it a little better. It's like five wins or something if he would have run some one, you know, just won some regular. Uh, 50 lappers, but it's so uh, that 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 added a little luster actually to it. But still, uh, I I don't think I would not have predicted that he would have taken gotten this long. He had a few he had a few runner up finishes. Remember, all the way back in uh, in January and in, in New Mexico at the Wild West Shootout, uh, which kind of gave you that feel that hey, th- this is going to be a different year. This is going to be more wins coming from Pearson, and they just didn't happen. And just was not able to break through and. Uh, something was, I think the stars all aligned though at Port Royal. I, someone had said to me in the infield, I think I said this in the fast talk answers. Yeah. The guy came up, a fan was up to me. He's like, who do you think's going to win? Who, who's it going to be? And I swear, I swear I said Earl Pearson Jr. I, I'm not just making that up to, to make myself look good now or anything, but I did say Earl, uh, I don't know. just had a good feeling, especially after Shepard and, uh, Davenport both lost their, uh, heat races, then they would have been starting on the front row together if they would have won them. Instead, they got passed and start in the fourth row behind Pearson. Uh, things were just lining up, I think, at that point. And uh, Pearson goes on to get the win. Very, real big win. And, and and I don't think anybody was sad to see him win, that's for sure. Even guys that, like Ricky Thornton Jr., who finished second, couldn't quite get him at the end. They were happy for, uh, for Earl. He's pretty well liked in the pit area and, and everybody was uh and everybody's been calling him grandpa too because he just became yeah. a grandfather for the yeah. first time uh with his stepson having a uh a, a ch- you know his his wife's uh ba- having a baby a few weeks ago uh so <laughs> that he's got he goes yeah they're all calling me grandpa now i don't know why but uh yeah, it says so i i kind of got to keep them all in line and then he and grandpa got the win 50 years old first time first win at 50 First win since his father passed away last year. Uh, and uh, first win with Papage. Everything all lined up. Yeah, congrats on being the best fortune teller in dirt late mile racing. And just think, I think his last win, Kovac, was 
the photo finish at Florence, right? And they gave it to him over Josh Rice. So it could have been a lot longer if the officials and the scoring went with um, Josh Rice with the win. So big win for EPJ. Kyle, your home track, how was it? You have fun this past weekend, and uh, kudos to EPJ as well. What was uh, the perspective from uh, your eyes when you were at your home track? Yeah, it was a great crowd, you know. I thought it was a great turnout um, considering, you know, the, you know, there was a lot of other festivities or just a lot of other things to do in Pennsylvania that night. I mean, they had a few other races down the road at Williams Grove or at Lincoln on Saturday and then Sealands Grove too. And then high school football started up in Pennsylvania. And obviously that's a, a big deal in Pennsylvania. So to, to see the turnout, right. Um, I thought it was a, a great crowd, a great atmosphere, you know, Steve O'Neill promoter, you know, he was proud of it too. Um, so and I thought the racing was good. You know, it was good to see, Pass for the lead and uh, a little shakeup also in, in the heat races. Uh, you know, as Kevin mentioned, you know, I thought that Brandon Shepard and Jonathan Davenport were, you know, going to be starting in that top six at, at least. And so, you know, to have Dale Hollage of, of all people, right? Dale's a great regional racer, but track down Mike Marler and Brandon Shepard uh, for the first heat win and start on the pole. I don't think anybody had that, right? Um, and then Brandon Shepard, or sorry, Jonathan Davenport, you know, couldn't hold off Ricky Thornton Jr. there. Um, in the second heat, you know, you just kind of had the feeling that it was going to be, as I said, in the fast talk, an off-beat night. Um, just like something different happened. And certainly that's what happened, you know, with Earl Pearson went in. And so, um, you know, I uh, would, you know, you know, this this race obviously is coming back next year, fifty thousand to win, two day format once again. And you know, it's uh you know, just the nature of dirt late model racing now or just really racing in general to where we just have so many big events. Obviously Robert was was out at Davenport, you know, for their thirty thousand to win finale on Saturday, another three day show, great car count, great turnout, great racing over there too. Um, you know, you, you, what if, you know, one event was one weekend and then the other, you know, was another weekend and, you know, just kind of the car counts and, and what if, you know, each event had a, a standalone weekend, you know, what, what would it look like then? Because Davenport and Port Royal, I mean, you know, they're, they're two, two tracks that have obviously taken off here recently. I had fun. I'm sure Kovac did too. And, and, uh, it was good to to see this event, you know, third year now, last year, you know, they couldn't run the Saturday night finale, you know, rain had gotten the best of the second rumble by the river, but, uh, you know, and then the year before that Kyle Larson won, you know, his, his first ever dirt late model race and his second ever start. So, um, you know, it's, it's good to see the event growing and, uh, we'll see what next year looks like. Robert, we'll get to Davenport here in a second, but I felt like EPJ got one for the veterans. He kind of reminds me of Kevin Harvick. He had that long winless streak in NASCAR, a guy that's always, you know, around the top 5'10", always flirting for victories every so often. So it's pretty cool to see one of the veterans in our sport picking up the win, and I'm sure you appreciate that too as well. Well, I do, but first I, I just got to say that I think it's cute that 
Uh, Kyle thinks high school football is big in Pennsylvania. Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. I just, <clears throat> I'm just messing with Kyle because I know high school football is big anywhere. But when you live in the south, technically, uh, I'm not. Go to, technically, I'm, go, go I'm to, not from PA. I just hear from to, people up in PA that it's, it's a big deal and it takes away from go their to Texas. Crowds or whatever. They got college football stadiums down there for their high schools, so I'm sure it's a struggle down there. But, uh, but anyway, I was I'm just messing with Kyle. I like to mess with the rookie. Anyway, to address your question, Suave, it is always great to see the, the old guys get a win to, to, to whip those young bucks. You know, it's it's great to see them. You know, uh, I think the, I think the last time I saw uh, Earl win, you know, personally was 2018. I mean, you were going four years since the last time I was at a race that he won. You know, so uh, it has has been a while for him. And and one thing that uh, kind of uh, Kevin kind of alluded to was was uh, how he carried over that speed into the new year. You know that he he got right out of the box uh, with Papich running running fast and and he carried that speed over into the new year. I went to the Wild West Shootout for the very first time and and was very impressed with. I really thought kind of echoing Kevin. I kind of thought that that Earl could pick up a win out there at the Wild West Shootout. I mean, I really felt like that was that was doable. And, uh, and, and, and you kind of just got the sense that Earl Pearson, whether or not he had won or not yet, you just kind of got the feeling that Earl Pearson Jr. was kind of back on the map, so to speak. He had probably, I'm not 100% sure, but I think he may have even dropped out of our top 25 drivers poll. So uh, he, he kind of reestablished himself as a, as a top 25 driver in the country. And, uh, and I, I think it's, it's all due to a change of scenery. I think he'll tell you that, and uh, and any any time you can go to the racetrack and feel that you have a chance to win, uh, it's definitely helpful. Yeah, I'm happy that you got to see the veterans whoop up on the young bucks there at Port Royal. However, you were in Davenport, and I hate to say this, but I think there's a track that's racier that's taken dethroning Fairbury Speedway as the raciest track in America. Davenport, the quarter mile has been producing the last five years. Race of the year last year. Fantastic racing all weekend long. Just Robert, how about that race Saturday night? Bounces back all the way to eighth place and still gets a win. Tanner English is starting to heat up, but that racing was phenomenal from the start of the weekend to the end of the weekend. It it was a good show, no doubt about it. All three nights, you know, I had someone ask me this morning about, uh, you know, how my travels were going and and that sort of thing. And I, I said, well, you know, I was glad to be home. But while I was gone, man, I saw some great racing. Uh, you know, out at Davenport really produced, you know, some really, really good racing. You had, you know, don't overlook Shannon Babb. He comes from like 25th to 3rd or something on that last night. He was really rolling. And the thing about Davenport is it, it is so wide that you can you can pick a groove. And if you're married to the bottom, you really have to, you really have to be dedicated and patient and just like this is this is where it's going to be and i'm going to be here and i'm not leaving this bottom if i finish second i finish second if i finish 10th i finish 10th but this is where i'm going to get it done tonight and a lot of guys are doing that because it is so wide which makes it a long way even though it's a quarter mile a long way to circle when you're coming off of through three and four and you're coming i mean you're basically coming off of of turn three, heading into four, 
feels like you're you're leaving the big track, the half mile. You run by the popcorn stand. You run through there and get a soda. Scrape your quarter panel on the front wall there at the there at the grandstands, and then you turn and then you're heading back uh, doing it again. It's like a big circle, and it's amazing. It wasn't until I went to the infield of the track and looked across that I realized how far out that I'm like, God, these guys are running off the racetrack. They're off the surface. And it wasn't until I walked out there in the middle and looked across because at, at this track at Davenport, the flag stand is in the middle as many Midwestern tracks are, but I go over there and look across and you realize, no, they're not, not really running off the track at that spot. The track goes out there. The track go is that far out there and they're just using everything they have. And because of that, it makes it a big circle for some people if you're not right in the bottom. So it it's a lot different for a lot of different drivers and a lot of different styles. Shane Clanton said he doesn't like big circles, but he's finally kind of gotten a hold of it, uh, of that particular track. Uh, a couple of guys have, you know, told me that this weekend that, you know, never really been this good here, but when the racing's phenomenal and I'm, I'm getting better, I'm liking it a little more. So uh, without a doubt, it produced some great, great racing. I was, uh, I enjoyed my trip out there just because of the shows that they put on all three nights. Yeah, exactly. You said that track is so wide. I think you can go six to seven wide at certain points of the of the weekend and throughout the you know throughout the entire night. That track is always racy. You know those fans up there in Davenport used to love that half mile, but I don't know how you could ever ever switch it back from that quarter mile. Like I said, we've had photo finishes race of the year in twenty twenty one, so it's been great. Kovac, Tanner English though he's heating up. Wins the final two nights. And your boy Fager wins Friday. Kind of um, some guys that uh, needed some big-time wins in the National Touring Series, and I believe that was Tanner's first ever World of Outlaw victory as well on Friday night. So it was a pretty good weekend for those two, but we can elaborate more on Tanner English because he had to fight his way for those two wins. Yeah, Tanner, uh, he, he's kind of been knocking on the door in the last, uh, I don't know, say month or so uh, with the World of Outlaws, uh, you know, getting some good runs. He had a good run at Fairbury back at the at the PDC uh, he ran pretty well at Cedar Lake, I remember. He ran, uh, he had he had a good run the first night uh, in the preliminary feature there. Uh, so he he's he's been, got that point where he's like, man, he he's gonna he's gonna win one of these pretty soon, and and I think it was important for him to win one uh, for as as a World of Outlaws regular as, for the World of Outlaws tour itself. Uh, you know, he's become one of the the main guys now. You know, with with Shepard leaving, Madden leaving. Uh, you know, those, those big names leave the series. You need some other guys to step up and finishing fourth, fifth, sixth. That doesn't cut it as a, you know, as, as a big net to be a big name, to really step up, uh, uh, and become more known as a world of outlaws guy. And, and then he goes and wins two races, uh, back to back $40,000. I mean, that, that's, that's a big deal. That, that was a big deal for him. Uh, huge for his, for the team, for him. Uh, for his stature in the sport, I think, uh, I think they just come, they come easier now a little bit, you know I mean? Not, nothing comes easy, but I don't, I think that he, he broke the seal a little bit on, on winning uh, national tour races. Um, and, and now that confidence is going to be there. That's, it's, it's great for the team, you know, knowing, I mean, I think that maybe that makes those, that, that team go even longer with Riggs Motorsports who long, who knows, uh, uh, how long they would be out on, on the tour. But I think now that that would, if they wouldn't come back and do the tour again next year, you know, even if he doesn't win the championship now, even if he gets second in the in the points, which now he does have a chance at that title, 
with 12 races left, 98 points behind. It's it's not out of the realm. I mean, he still has to have – Dennis Erb still has to have some problems. You know, there's no doubt about that. But uh, there is a little glimmer here now where there's a little bit of a point race with the World of Outlaws. Uh, and that's just because of the, the strength that uh, the Tanner English is showing. And, and I think that that shows that he is a could be a national touring guy. Of You know, you keep improving the way, he, the way he is, and then you start winning races. Uh, now uh, it, it's a, he, he's he's in another he's a, I think he's put himself into another group of uh, of racers in the in, in dirt late model racing. Um, still has to prove it everywhere else, but I mean once you start doing it somewhere and, and, and Davenport's a great track for him. I think you know he's he's a real patient inside runner. He can really run those inside inside lane. I mean he did it at Fairbury uh, back at the PDC where he just just like stayed. He, he committed to that inside. And, and kept coming up on coming up on everybody, and that's what he did at Fair at, uh, at Davenport. Just is able to, um, you know, like like Robert said, that inside is a lot shorter way around than that outside. I mean, God, those you're in the outside to the inside there, and there's like almost nobody in the middle sometimes. I mean, it's a long way away from each other. It, it's like it's two different racetracks, but uh, great job by Tanner to get that. And also Fegger on, on Thursday night. That was that was good to see. Fegger's been uh, coming around. I mean, I think Derek has a little point here to make about Fegger also. No, he just texted me because he said there was like a little thing in the top 25, like just a misprint. But he, I said, hey, good job on Thursday. He says, thanks, bud. I blew it too soon. Everyone already forgot about me because it was on Thursday. So he made a little funny comment just how racing is. Uh, you know, way back when on Thursday, Fegger gets a world of all in a first that he's hasn't had in several years. So that was a great win by him, wasn't it, Kovac? Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie too. I, I kind of forgot about it, you know. After Tanner English wins two, uh, and to think back when I, mean, I was at Port Royal for two days, and and, and I seen Tanner win these back to back, and I'm like, wait a minute, Jason Feger won on Thursday night. That was a pretty big deal too. Uh, it had been 13 years since he won his first and only previous uh, World of Outlaws race. Uh, back at Beaver uh, Dam, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Wisconsin. Say what you want about that. I won't, you know, we won't go into that too much detail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know that, that exactly. You know, you're right about that. Yeah, the first official. He would have had another one in 2013 when he won that Illini 100. He even got the check, I believe, at that point. He had to give it back. I, 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 they didn't keep the checks. They didn't keep I the points. And, I mean, the, 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 yeah. That was I was still there. Yes, that was a uh, that was a rough one. I mean, that was when I think I've said this before. That was one of the hardest calls I I did. I had to ask him some questions for you know the press release after that uh, the he was disqualified because of the tire situation at uh, at Illini. And man, just as you can just feel the oh god, I, that it just sucked. I did not want to have to write that and talk to him about that. But so good to see him win it. Uh, again, you never know. I guess when your next last, you know, you know when your next win's gonna come. You enjoy them when you when you get them. And you're 13 years later. Uh, finally, Beggar gets another World of Outlaws win, and uh, good for him. I mean, he's it's always good to see Fegger win because uh, he's a he's a real jovial guy at, at Victory Lane and good to talk to all the time. Real personable. So, uh, congrats to him. First World of Outlaws win. Maybe maybe having that baby, being a dad now. I guess. Uh, and it gave him a little extra, extra oomph, I guess, and uh, it makes him a World of Outlaws winner again. Yeah, good for Tanner English, great for Jason Fager. Maybe they get some momentum as we uh, head to Labor Day weekend. And Kyle, one more thing. You had a funny uh, little quote on 
fast talk where you typed out and you're saying no offense to JD not winning, but it's pretty cool to like get stories like this of Tanner Inglis, Jason Fager and Earl Pearson Jr. How much easier is it when a new, new blood gets a win like that? Yeah, it's actually funny. I'd completely, I don't even think I, I gave Jason Fager a shout out when I said it's nice to have some, you know, I was pretty much primarily mentioning Earl Pearson's win and, Tanner English's, you know, back-to-back wins, I had actually completely forgot. And I did a race wire on Thursday that Jason, I think in terms of both Tanner English and Earl Pearson's case, I mean, we kind of felt that coming, right? I was looking at Tanner English's track record over his last 19 World of Outlaw races, and he's finished in top eight 17 of those times. You know, and uh, he's had multiple podiums this month. I mean, he's he's had going into this weekend, he's had three podiums, um, and then top five at Williams Grove. So, you know, four top fives this month, and you know, you just could feel it on Tanner's end that his night was coming, and now it has. And so, you know, as Kevin said, I mean, the wins certainly don't come easier, but we all know what saying by that you know he's not going into each race night wondering is this the night you know is is you know racking his brain to uh you know trying to get all he can to just get it out of the way and now it's out of the way and you know he has a a a shot now to track down dennis herb of all people you know 98 points back 12 or 13 races left so we'll see what happens there I mean, he's been more consistent, I'd say, over these past two months or like month and a half than Dennis Herb has. So um, based off that stat, um, so we'll see what happens there. And as for, you know, Earl Pearson, um, you know, back in April, I mean, he had that one at Port Royal slip away, not to his own wrongdoing, but um, it's no surprise again to see Earl back in victory lane. And then, you know, for Jason Fager, too, I mean, he's been in and out of our top 25 this year. Had a good, strong summer nationals, and uh, it's, you know, no surprise there to pick one off at Davenport on Thursday, you know, not too far from his home. So, you yeah, know, it's refreshing, um, and I guess it gives us hope going into Eldora that maybe some guy other than Jonathan Davenport or Chris Madden can, uh, you know, give us some fresh stories. Yeah, make makes it easier when you're interviewing them after the race. It makes it easier for you guys writing stories as well. But so once again, congratulations to those guys. This week though, Labor Day weekend, Robert, I would say at one point, maybe it still is to you, but Labor Day weekend was probably one of the most popular race weekends we had in the entire calendar. If you take out like the world 100, but I'm saying just overall in general for late model racing, Labor Day weekend is a very huge deal. You had the hillbilly 100, you have all these special shows, uh, seasons winding down at local racetracks does labor day still have a special place in our hearts in late model racing i'm just going to ask you one simple question with that you're asking me i'm going to say uh gosh it's it's complicated uh because (laughs) it's really not a simple question Uh, i really feel like that the labor day weekend if you look at our schedules you know it's still packed full of races i mean it's not like it's not like it's slow down any you know labor day weekend is banging i mean it's yeah i don't have time to go to the lake and enjoy the last last few hurrahs of summer i don't have time for that this weekend i'm contemplating whether or not i should even take my own 
car to race because I don't want to be just completely gassed when I come in from a race somewhere and, and have to run the race wire or, or work, whatever. So it, it is still a jam-packed weekend. Uh, now, I think the fact that makes it maybe, uh, I think what kind of overshadows Labor Day weekend a bit is the fact that there's so much racing still after Labor Day now. You know, I don't think Labor Day has necessarily slowed down any. What I think is that all these races are now going through November. And Labor Day, for that purpose, for that reasoning, is not as cool as it used to be. Because it used to be like, hey, it's Labor Day. We can race four nights, you know, get a racing in towards the end of the year here. We might have one or two. We might go to the National 100 down in Phoenix City. Or, you know, we might uh, we might go to Mississippi and race once or twice. But other than that, this is it. Well, that's we don't say that anymore. Now it's like we've got a full plate and we've got second helpings coming next week. You know, we got we've got Eldora like Thanksgiving coming. dinner. Oh my God. We've got it's like we've got Thanksgiving dinner two weeks in a row, you know, because we've got all <laughs> these Labor Day events and then we've got all these all these like five, four or five nights at Eldora. You know, and then if we can somehow manage to pick ourselves up off the floor after Eldora, we still have a, a good two months of the season to finish out. That is why I think Labor Day has lost its luster. It certainly hasn't lost the number of events that we could go to. They're out there. All you got to do is look. But as far as losing its luster a little bit, perhaps because there's so much still left to do. Yeah, and then you have Knoxville National, Dirt Track World Championship. You have so many races. And then you have the Dome in December, a couple races in November. It's just like a constant thing. We're so like three or four months out, as you said, from the season kind of ending for that two-week window after Christmas or, you know, the week before Christmas. So very interesting. Kovac, for me, though, this was like nostalgia for me, going to the Prairie Dirt Classic before it got switched to midsummer, reading about the Hillbilly 100 in the papers, like, Labor Day weekend was it for me growing up, and I feel like maybe it was for you. Uh, I read a little bit in Fast Talk that uh, Labor Day had a special place in your heart, too. And, B, do you kind of agree with Robert? You know, it's kind of maybe lost its luster. Maybe it's not the most popular race weekend anymore. Yeah, I, Labor Day has always been a big weekend for me. Growing up in the Northeast, uh, as big, big block modifieds especially, uh, I, I said in Fast Talk, Labor Day weekend is the first weekend I ever saw a race. Uh, at Flemington Speedway back in 1982, way back then, you know, I was went to the Flemington Fair, you know, and stayed there at night and, and watched my first ever big block modified race. Uh, so that I'll always remember like that holiday weekend, uh, the, the, the connection there. Uh, but with big blocks, the way the big block schedule always was when I was kind of growing up in it with in the 80s, 90s, even into the 2000s uh, was the, the Labor Day weekend was like that little marker of the end of the regular season. It was really pretty the way big blocks were, they, they didn't have, like with late models now, uh, they didn't have big races on the weekends. I, I mean, everybody, there was, all the big races were during the week. You know, the, the Super Dirt Series were during the week. And then everyone, all the main guys went to the their regular tracks on the weekends. And so Labor Day weekend, that was the marker. You know, the, the points racing ended for big blocks. That was the the championship night for all over the country, all over the Northeast. and then. The week after, that's when the fall started, and every weekend, a track, you know, a different track had its big event. You know, the Lebanon Valley 200, the Rolling Wheels 200, you know, leading the Syracuse, blah blah blah. So uh, it, it it was pretty pretty uh, 
pretty clear about what how everything just was uh, delineated, delineated there, I guess, uh, between the uh, the regular season and then that post Labor Day season. It's not really like that with late models because there's been a fifty thousand dollar to win race every week. Late models don't base aren't based around the weekly racing. You know, if you know, big blocks always were. You still were going to run weekly because you had to get your bonus points to include to your uh, big races stuff too, to to run for the Mr. Dirt title and all that. So it's it's a whole different kind of uh, a feel to uh, the, the landscape, I guess. And, and I do miss I I, I saw I, looking at late mile race. It's a little bit different for me from what I grew up with. Uh, there's I've never really been to i mean hillbilly is the one labor day weekend race that is that's tradition i mean it's been there forever uh kind of, you know not it's not pensboro anymore it's not tyler county but it, it's that's the the one you can always count on being there it's part of tradition of, of labor day and the pdc was until 2013 when it became a midsummer race uh, but other than that i mean it, there, there's a, the national tours run uh, a lot of regional tours, a lot of special events for other tracks, but it's it's not quite. Uh, I, I've never had a race other than maybe for four or five years with the Outlaws when there was a race. Uh, the Outlaws ran at Tri City Speedway in in Western Pennsylvania, which became a pretty. You know, it was a two day show, and it became a pretty good camping event. It was kind of fun, but that's the only time I've been to somewhere uh, with the late models like the you know, uh, consistently that seemed like, oh, this is going to be, this is the tradition for, for uh, uh, late models for me for Labor Day weekend. Not like that anymore. It's, there is so many other races uh, still to come. And there's before that too, I I think that that kind of affects it. And, and I know everyone's thinking about the world 100. It's always kind of been like that. It's kind of, I've always felt like the last weekend in August and Labor Day weekend is, People just start putting their the the, the biggest names, the you know, most guys, uh, fans. They're just looking towards that World 100. I know a lot of the big teams even are, you know, sometimes they might even take a they might not even race some races over Labor Day now because they want to be prepared for the. I mean, Jonathan Davenport, he's not racing anywhere this weekend at this point unless he makes a last minute decision to do that. He's going to be just preparing for the World 100 and, and the Dream with it too this year. Chris Madden, the same thing. Uh, Chris Ferguson says he might go to the Hillbilly 100 if he feels he's ready, has everything prepared for the World 100. So, uh, yeah, when you have something looming that big, the biggest race in the sport after Labor Day, it kind of does a affect what you have yeah, on La- Labor Day weekend. Especially when you have to head over there Monday night, Tuesday morning. So it's kind of like actually you can go race there on Sunday, right? I'm pretty sure Eldora always has a race that Sunday. So if you yeah, want to go the do Baltus that, get a yeah, just if you want to go to the Baltus Classics test and tune, and you can just stay there for two days. So maybe these some of these you can even dress up like hey, and Derek, you can even dress hey, up well, like Earl well, Baltus because they have the look alike, you know. So you know. Well, that was my one. Oh, that I, was my one more. Point. I, I still, you could talk about it later. Sorry about that. It just uh, came unreal. in my mind. I forget. Unreal. <laughs> but I also like. I always consider Labor Day, Kyle, as like the kickoff to fall because football, college football, starts that weekend as well. We enter like the World One Hundred. Cooler weather, fat guy weather, which I like, a little hoodie and short weather. Everybody loves fall, so it's kind of the kickoff saying bye-bye summer, hello fall. So I kind of dig that as well because we, you know, we're hitting the, the home stretch of the 2022 race season. Yeah, totally. Um, <clears throat> and the start of fair season for, for most places, I guess, across the Northeast here too. 
So that I'm excited about. Um, you know, going to try to get up to Port Royal Speedway on Saturday night in between my travels from Bedford to Tyler County on Friday and Sunday for that reason. Um, they have their fair opener and it's, uh, you know, start of the best season, in my opinion, or the best time of year, you know, fall and uh, boy, I mean, this summer's gone, it's gone by fast. You know, I guess that's what happens when there seems like there's 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 racing to either cover or pay attention to or keep tabs on or follow or check up on almost every single night, it seems. So, um, and as, as Robert said, I mean, there's, you know, boy, I mean, there's a lot of racing left. I think I have 20 races left on my schedule, um, you know, from here through December. Certainly, this is the best, still the best time of year, in my opinion. You know, racing aside, even though we had, I think I just counted 60 races on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, um, this upcoming weekend. So, so many. I mean, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, that uh, it rivals Fourth of July and, you know, Memorial Day. So. Um, and I guess that's always been the case, right? I mean, I haven't traditionally as a fan, I mean, um, through the years, I mean, you, you always look at, at least I did, you know, Memorial Day, 4th of July and, you know, Labor Day was obviously the, the downturn. Um, but it seems like obviously, you know, with with so much racing going on throughout the year, um, kind of, you know, this weekend doesn't, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's more races and some big ones, if that, you know, going into Eldora still. Um, but you know, there's really not a whole lot that really catches your eye. Um, you know, just, just because of, you know, we've, it's just a lot of racing, you know, throughout the summer this year. And, um, but, um, it's, uh, certainly, you know, the best, best time of year. And, you know, we still have, you know, full two months until we get down to the world finals. So, I mean, there's still a lot of time left. Um, or just a lot of races left to cover. Should be good. We have a lot to keep track with once again this weekend. And so we'll see, uh, we'll see how it all pans out. We'll see the storylines going into Eldora next week. If anything changes going into Eldora next week in terms of the storylines. So we'll see. Real quick, before we get to one more thing, Robert, just tell the fans at home, I'm using air quotes, how fun RaceWire is on a holiday weekend like Labor Day. Well, that's you know kind of why it was difficult for me to answer the question to begin with. It sucks. It absolutely <laughs> sucks. Uh, you know, that's why we have it double staffed. I mean, we there's only like yeah. three weekends a year that we have it double staffed. And like Kyle said, it's it's uh, Memorial Day, 4th of July, and Labor Day. Those three. There are really four seasons in racing. There's Speed Weeks, Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day. You can get enough racing. You can get 30 races in those four seasons, just about, you know, if you wanted to to pick and choose events to go to, you can get 30 in that short amount of time. It's just crammed in there, and it's uh, it's just a tough, tough weekend for, for, you know, I hate to bemoan it because this is a great job and we all love it, but, man, those are the weekends that you're looking like. I, I used to grow up, I grew up in a barbecue restaurant, okay? And uh, we used to cook barbecue in 4th of July. Of course, that's your biggest t- time of the year. Then the next is Memorial Day and third is, is Labor Day. It sucked then too because you're working your ass off. 
I mean, it sucked. And so that's pretty much, you know, what we're doing right here. Uh, if you're lucky enough to be out at a race, if you're a little bit better off, uh, I would prefer to be out covering an event than sitting home doing a race wire for sure on a, on a holiday weekend. Cause it is a, it, it's tough. Um, a lot of work, a lot of hours sitting there looking at your computer, uh, a lot of time looking at Facebook, looking for Todd's quotes that say results, you know, Todd's out there searching the world for results. Question mark. He made know, a new Facebook page too for that. So his friends didn't is, see it, it on their timeline. He made a new page that put results question mark. So if you see it's a little hilarious because picture of Todd Turner, that is him. <laughs> the thing the thing about holiday weekends is a lot of these tracks are like, okay, we race till midnight on Saturday. It's a holiday on Monday. We're just gonna take off. I screw the results. We're gonna take off till Tuesday. And then we don't get it. They don't get that we're out here grinding. I mean, we're grinding. Come on, send us the results. How hard is it to take a screenshot or a snapshot on your phone of the payout, the payout, and just post it? It's if you tough. don't want, if you're embarrassed about, if you're embarrassed of your payout, how, get a better payout. Yeah, true that. I always said I knew that you would have a great answer for the race wire question, so I went with you, Robert, on that one. So Labor Day, as always, is the start to fall. Football season, college starts this weekend, NFL will be falling then, and it's just like racing, football, fantasy, a whole bunch of great things. So Labor Day weekend is always a big weekend in dirt lay model racing. Maybe it's lost a little prestige, but none at all, all in all, we saw plenty of races, so be sure to check out RaceWire because Robert will be working his butt off this weekend, probably updating it throughout the weekend as well as these other two uh, riders as well. Well, let's finish off with one more thing, and I'm going first because Kovac – he uh he kind of ru ruined it a little bit. So this Sunday, they're doing an Earl Baltus lookalike at the race. Um, it's a contest. You got to try to dress up like Earl. So get your hat flipped up like this. If you can, you know, imagine me doing this through the, you know, listening in your uh, radio. But there's prizes for these. First place during the Earl Baltus lookalike contest during the Earl Baltus Classic. The winner receives two tickets in piss pack pit pass upgrades for the following weekend's world 100 and you get a victory lane photo op and 427 dollars and 21 cents which is the day he was born april 27th 1921 runner up gets world 100 tickets in third place which is a very good deal you get two free hot dogs which was earl baltus's you know favorite concession item at eldora i think it's kind of cool just paying homage to a legend in our sport, a legend at Eldora, definitely on the Mount Rushmore of dirt late model racing, Earl Baltus. So, Kovac, you probably have to cut your kid's hair, get a little hat for him. Maybe your son can go win uh, some free pit passes and some money, you know, this Sunday at Earl Baltus at Eldora Speedway for the Classic. Well, yeah, I, <clears throat> actually I saw on Twitter, I think it was, that uh, our buddy uh, – you know Tyler Rinkin out there, Halloween. right there. Did you see? Did you see his Halloween costume? His Earl Ball, Baltus Halloween. Man, I mean, other you know Earl didn't have that big beard there, you know, but uh, but man, yeah, Tyler Rinkin made himself look a pretty good Earl Baltus. Maybe he can go down there and try to enter that contest. Uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see who who goes in there and comes in looking like Earl, and that that's pretty neat little. Fun little deal there for the for the Baltus Classic. Uh, yeah, for one more thing, though, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little shout out here to our boy, this Derek. I mean, you'll appreciate this. Our man Gary Stuhler, uh, you know the Stuhler. veteran from Green Green Castle, Pennsylvania, had a good run. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought he was. He almost had a top five in the preliminary feature there on uh, Thursday, on Friday night. Uh, just lost that on the last lap to Michael Norris, passed him, but still sixth place. And then it gave him a good, uh, good finish, you know, to to get a good starting spot in a heat race on Saturday, and he put it in the field. Uh, so you know, a good, good run for uh for 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 our man. Uh, you know, we're always we always like uh, Stuhler. He's a big fan of Dirt on Dirt. Also, I think we've mentioned that before. Uh, you know, well, he ended up, where did he ended up finishing? Sixteenth in the feature on Saturday. He did get a third in the uh, held over uh port royal late model feature that ended the night on saturday there was 20 lap 21 laps left in that race i believe and uh that race was supposed to be friday night i think the way he was running friday night he'd have loved to have seen that run uh he might have had a good shot at winning that one better shot than he did on saturday night uh just uh, how, how fast he was but that race had to be pushed back because of the late hour because of a rain delay on friday uh uh, shout out to to gary you know i also enjoyed watching his uh, wife uh uh, Jerry was in the infield watching him. I was, was watching her watch him in the heat race on Saturday. And I mean, you know, just her, you know, her movements where she was very animated uh, watching him. And she says, I'm just a nervous wreck when I watch him. It was as <laughs> she walked away after she let herself, uh, you know, calm down after he did make the race. So, uh, so uh, good, good to see those guys get a good run. Yeah, good to see uh, Stuhler get a good run. At Port Royal, I like to see get him win before the end of the year too. He's in a championship hunt too at uh, at Port Royal with two races left. By the way, Robert, what do you got for us this week? Well, it's just a little bit of advice, I guess, uh, for um, for anyone who decides to go to Davenport to the maybe to the uh, the Quad Cities 150 next year, or you know, to any of their other sanctioned races, or whatever. I just uh, some some travel advice actually. Um, and the, the first part of that is, is when you go to the racetrack, even though Davenport's a pretty good sized town, unless you want, um, Taco Bell, go ahead and get two meals, okay, get two meals, get a lunch and eat it. And then take it supper with you, take dinner with you. Because even in a town, the size of Davenport, at least on the kind of just the, the little road there, there's like a Mackey D's and stuff. So make sure you're prepared food-wise for leaving the track because nothing will be open, not even at 11 o'clock on a Friday night, other than a, a Taco Bell. So some travel, some some help there for, for travelers. The next piece of advice is very important. When traveling through the East Moline Airport, uh, don't wear shorts that have too many buttons, you know, too many bells and whistles on them and Mine don't, but I had a pair of like fishing shorts that I wore. Uh, they just have like one zipper pocket in the back and two zipper pockets on the side. They're 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 waterproof and they're comfortable. I think this is going to be great for the plane ride. And apparently, those things send up red flags when you're going through security like crazy. Because I was felt up like I haven't. My wife has not touched me in this way in years. Years. They said, "Sir, can you please come over here?" I stepped right over there. They showed me the screen where all the red dots were. And I'm like, what the crap? I got scanned for for substances on my hand. I got, I mean, this guy. You're on the list, like, Robert. They, they asked, You're on the list. They, they asked if I wanted to go to a private room. And I said, no, man, let's just get this deal done right here, right here. And so uh, so the guy who was actually in training, this poor guy, uh, he, he handled his business. and I. You know, I stood there and took it. 
and uh, they let me go on my way. And but anyway, just uh, wear some. I don't know, wear some athletic shorts or something. Just don't, you know. I thought, well, this is comfortable. These shorts are comfortable, and uh, huge mistake. Learning experience. We learn every time we go somewhere, so that's a learning experience for me right there. Thoughts and prayers to Robert there, and uh, thank goodness he got through the East Moline Airport and can get home to record this podcast. Uh, hopefully, he's on any list, you know, in the National Archives or anything, and the FBI comes up and sees Robert Holman as a, you know being a big security threat so thank goodness he got through he was well behaved we can't wait to see him at the racetrack i'll probably see him at eldora speedway barring some travel restriction or anything like that kyle what do you got man to finish this off i don't have anything that crazy uh <laughs> to finish this off uh but uh no i just wanted to give an update on brandon thoroughby came down with a concussion last week after hard wreck back at uh his michigan area <clears throat> Um, I think it was Thunderbird Speedway um, last week, but uh, his MRI came back clean and he has no brain bleeding or just no further brain injury other than just a serious uh, concussion there for him. Um, so just wanted to give an update on that. and He'll be out for a little while until he obviously heals up there. But um, as I said earlier, I'll be out at uh, the old, Bedford Fairgrounds Speedway on Friday for 12,000 to win United Late Model Series show. And um, and then at least at, at uh, Tyler County on Sunday with the Lucas Oil Series before we all head over to the Big E next week. So stay tuned uh, for some coverage over there. Eldora week is coming up. But first, it's Labor Day weekend. Be sure to check out all the highlights. Be sure to check out all these stories and blogs. Be sure to check out Racewire because Robert will be working his booty off to make sure everything is dialed in for that. Um, also, check out Flow Racing for all the live races. We have several this weekend, all the Mars races and stuff like that. Until next time, we'll see you next week on the Dirt Reporters. Thank you for listening. <laughs>